0: No, this is an audio medium <laughs> all right hello and welcome to we the sheeple your guide to the wild and wacky world of conspiracy theories and misinformation i'm your host trent jones and with me as always is my co-host tom mcveigh hey what's up man shocked that we finally have a name we we have a name and also with us as always is our silent but definitely definitely real basement troll producer Devin. say hi Devin.
1: He's just shaking his head. I don't think he's going to participate.
0: He snarled, actually. Ooh. You couldn't hear it, but... All right. So,
1: Tom, what is our topic today? What are we What are we looking at this week? You know, today, it's kind of like part two of our previous episode on the Spanish flu. We're going to talk about the big one, the Rona, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. You so many know it. Names. You live with it. <laughs> it has... And it has definitely affected your life in some way. So uh, just as a little... uh, Yeah, so um, just as a disclaimer, this is being recorded in late October 2020. We are definitely in the midst of this uh, pandemic. Yesterday, we just had the highest cases on record here in the United States. So while our information is as up-to-date as possible, a year from now, this might be more like a time capsule of what we were thinking at the time and not entirely correct
0: that's actually something I'm really excited about is in the future years when we learn when they've had time to correctly study and learn about what all the actual effects and everything are about the virus. It'll be really interesting to look back and see what's, what was right and what was wrong. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's kick it off, I guess. So COVID-19, you you've probably all heard the name now. Is it a novel coronavirus? So you'll probably remember when this all first started, it was more commonly referred to as coronavirus, but then was replaced by the official name COVID-19 because coronavirus, the coronaviruses uh, are a family of viruses, somewhat of, some of which can cause severe respiratory uh, symptoms. Uh, some other examples of these include severe acute respiratory syndrome, also known as SARS, right. um, and then Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, or MERS. Um,
1: I'm not familiar with that one. But. So those, uh, are you familiar with SARS at least, or? I know of SARS at least. I mean, they both, I want to say they were more towards the early 2000s. Um, they were definitely a problem, but MERS, as the name implies, was a bigger issue in the Middle East. <laughs> SARS was an issue in China. So I think while like worldwide or internationally those viruses are probably better known it's just because they had a bigger impact overseas we didn't really have outbreaks here in the united states gotcha. so and gotcha. you know i'm a little older than you so i probably just have a slightly better memory i mean mers i barely remember but
0: mm-hmm. so COVID was first identified in Wuhan, China, uh, which I think most people have probably heard of now. In December, 2019, there's obviously some argument over whether the Chinese government knew about it beforehand, but that is the official time when it started getting out and everybody knew that there was an outbreak at least. Um, So early in the outbreak, many of the patients were reported to have a link to large seafood and animal markets. Um, Mm -hmm. You may have heard the term wet markets thrown around. Um, same thing. Um, However, later cases had no link to any markets. So they were, it was confirmed that there was human to human transmission. Um, So that's a really interesting distinction. There are some diseases and viruses and all that, that are spread exclusively human to human. And there are some that are, you have to contract it directly from the source of an animal or something else. then there are some that are both so in these cases i think these are all both now because they transferred from an animal source now can be transferred human to human um which is not great
1: (laughs) so yeah um i actually learned about some of this in uh, grad school they're called like zoonotic diseases Mm -hmm. it's that idea that um they live you know in an animal animal population so that disease is constantly circulating within um a wild population and every once in a while through like direct contact contact ingestion what be you it can uh spill over is like the term that's generally used into a human population (laughs) and you know that's like we saw that with ebola um we've seen that with like where did ebola come from uh i believe bats are believed to be the reservoir species so that's another thing the Mm. reservoir that's the natural population that's circulating in so even if we eradicate it in humanity Right. They You'll saw never... that reservoir out in the wild. I don't... The last time I checked, and this was a year or two ago, probably, I don't think we had actually confirmed that bats, fruit bats, I think specifically, are the reservoir of Ebola, but it's kind of one of the leading theories. Um, you also have things like the hantavirus. Um... Oh, there's a whole bunch of them. There's an <laughs> excellent book on it called uh, Spillover by uh, David Quammen. You should definitely Ooh. look into that. It's really cool. And there's a really violent picture of like a baboon on the front of it. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> But, um, screaming? Yeah, so the thing with this is we're seeing more of these today just because we are encroaching on wildlife so much. Human populations are expanding, and, you know, we're tearing up natural habitat, and we're mingling more on these, like, edges near um <laughs> wild populations. So as that occurs, you know. Right.
0: Well, because especially <laughs> in places that aren't the U.S., right? Right, or, right. Or uh, Western Europe, you know, the places that are considered first world i put that in quotation marks because that's i feel like that's a broad definition but especially on the edge cases of humanity i guess there's still a lot of people who have a lot of interaction with wild animals on a daily basis just because you know
1: i mean, not to go too far off topic but it's kind of related to my work i did at grad school so i was looking at um how like human wildlife interfaces affect animal behavior so like over in uh, south africa where i was you'd literally be in a game preserve, hit a fence, and then there's monoculture sugarcane for acres Whoa. and acres. Like, it's such a... That's like a harsh... It's a harsh line. boundary. And I'm like, you know, so we were looking at what happens with these animals. Like, what are they eating in the reserve versus that? And, you know, things like that. And we'd even put up uh, trail cameras like in the city. And we'd get things like jackals in people's backyards. Like That's So wild. this is a very real thing. And it's a super interesting area of study. That is very interesting. Next thing, COVID-19
0: is primarily transmitted person to person through respiratory droplets. Um, These droplets are released when somebody with COVID-19 sneezes, coughs, or even just talks. Um, And these infectious droplets can land in the mouth or nasal passages of healthy people nearby. Um, They can also land on surfaces and potentially you could ingest them that way. I think that's less likely would be my assumption i feel like the odds are just lower of that
1: yeah i believe earlier on there was more of a concern about uh surface contact mm-hmm. being a transmission means but i think i mean don't live your life based on this but the general sense i've got is that's less of a concern i mean you should still you know use hand sanitizer and such All right, just good hygiene in general it's not like i remember early on in the pandemic people were like clorox bleaching their groceries before they brought them inside after they Mm -hmm. sat outside for a day and i think that's probably a little overkill now but you know
0: not an expert if it makes you feel comfortable there's no harm i don't think unless you somehow (laughs) do it wrong and ingest bleach do not inject it either Uh, Uh, i'm i have a feeling we're going to be circling back around to that later on
1: no man i don't think so oh that's good right
0: um yeah so then those are the two main methods of transfer Um, another one that they theorize is aerosol. So there's a difference between aerosol transmission and droplet transmission, but the difference between them is almost so theoretical that it's hard to actually gauge in the real world. So droplets would be, um... Basically, if it was if if you've ever been in like a mist, or you see those misters at like the zoo or something when it's hot, you know you walk through a theme park, like it's something Point. like that. Yeah, that's kind of the the deal with droplets, right? So it's not large like raindrops that fall immediately to the ground. It's droplets that you'll spew out of your mouth or nasal passage, whatever, and then they'll hang in the air just long enough for if somebody's near you that they'll be ingested. Yes,
1: if somebody. A lovely sound for the audio. Snorts radio. cocaine,
0: maybe, I guess, is what you're doing.
1: I like to toss it in the air and it's like a game. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Spice it up. Um For work, that's a joke.
0: <laughs> yeah. These are all jokes. Disclaimer. Um, but in any case, and then aerosol would be particles that are so small that they can literally stay loft they can stay aloft in the air floating around for long, long periods of time. The reason that's hard to tell the difference between is because if somebody contracts it from being around somebody, you you can't really tell. You know, if they were in mm. close proximity to this person, you can't really tell whether it was droplet or aerosol because the means of transmission give you the same end result. Um, so that'll probably be something we'll learn years down the road once this has a chance to be more studied. Um, so
1: maybe we won't. Who knows? Is... um. And maybe you don't know this. Is aerosol transmission, is that the same idea as, like, airborne? I know I've heard that before. I think so. I would assume. Because I know one of the big concerns, know. especially with, like, going back to school or returning to offices, was that, like, not having, like, filtration on, uh, right. on HVAC systems and such. So
0: Yeah, so it would just get pumped back
1: through the yeah. system. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that's kind of air. the same idea or... I think that
0: would be the concern with aerosol mode. Because okay. droplet, I have a... I mean, if you have a normal filter i would hope that most droplets would get caught and they're just not not going to
1: travel uh, that far because gravity yeah
0: or even um static electricity if they get close enough to another surface they'll get pulled out of the air
1: okay
0: so i don't know yeah that's again this will all be really interesting once we have more distance from this to know um the one good thing is long distance droplet slash aerosol transmission is not well supported by evidence so when we say long distance we're talking I don't know 25 feet something like that that would be my assumption close distance would be you know you're up close to somebody talking to them and that is why we the social distancing guidelines have been you know six feet or two meters uh, whether you're metric or english um yeah so that is why they're giving those recommendations because long-term transmission um through aerosol or droplet is not well supported short range definitely mm-hmm. happens so there's actually a really good. Um, there's actually a really good video that just came out by the slow mo guys, um, where he really. For those who don't know, this is a YouTube channel who specifically does extreme slow mo video. Mm. Um, he's there's all sorts of really cool videos. I recommend you check them out. But their most recent video that just came out a few days ago, um, he really harshly backlit himself, um, and then he just talked or coughed. And you can, it lets you visualize, you can see all the particles that are just flying out of his mouth. Uh, oh, it's wow. Really, it's gross, but it's really, really fascinating. Because then he repeated it with a mask on, and you can see that there's a really drastic difference. Okay. It, it severely cuts down on at least the large-scale particles that you can see from that uh, that lighting condition. And it also, bonus, if you're a fan of Fauci, he'd talk stuff out to you about it too which is kind of neat
1: yeah we'll make sure to throw a link to that video in the description of this episode and on Mm -hmm. our website
0: yeah so that was it's a really cool visualization if you're having trouble kind of understanding it. it, and I understand it's it's murky now there's been so much differing information about um, how it's transmitted what's important what's not important just that visualization I think will really help people make personal decisions that they are happy with about the precautions they take um, so there's been a wide range of symptoms uh, that have been reported for COVID-19. These include—I'm just going to run down the list here, lightning lightning round: uh, fever or chills, cough, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, fatigue, headache, nasal congestion or runny nose, muscle or body aches, sore throat, uh, loss of smell or taste, uh, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. So those all kind of—I mean, those are kind of the generic symptoms. I feel like for they're yeah. flu-like symptoms i would say right i think the loss the most of part. smell
1: and taste is kind of the that's
0: unique difference. that's weird i feel like that doesn't happen very often but and i think the really strange thing is that there's it's such a wide range right. that some people have you know completely lose their sense of smell or taste for weeks on end don't have severe symptoms any other way and then there's other people you know that end up in the hospital with uh shortness of
1: breath it's also interesting i don't know if you looked into this at all um there's people that report to the hospital with like covid symptoms they you know they're happy and alert and they're feeling great and when they take their oxygen level they'll be sitting there at like 80% oxygen saturation but they're sitting normal what's normal at like 95 plus you know, they'll be sitting up talking to you normal. And normally if you're low that low on oxygen, like you're getting supplemental oxygen and it's a bad time. And they just walk themselves into the ER. That's wild. Yeah, so it's a super They're a little loopy maybe? <laughs> Something, Rocky Mountain man. High. Um one of my coworkers, his wife works um in an ER, so I've heard some of the stories. But that's, that's just crazy. Yeah, it's insane, That
0: reminds dude. me of my brother. So my brother is diabetic, but he wasn't diagnosed until he was in college. I think like junior or senior year of college. Oh. Um and so he literally like he had lost a bunch of weight, so my mom was like, "You need to like get checked out and I't I don't remember why he ended up getting tested or whatever but so he got tested he wasn't really having any like you know he was having the normal symptoms you think of where he was drinking a lot of water having to pee a lot mm-hmm. those kind of things, but he wasn't like didn't feel weak all that kind of stuff and so they literally like tested his blood sugar his blood sugar was at like 500 or something ridiculous like That's great. Ups,
1: like he should have passed out. <laughs> Isn't it normally like 100-ish? I think so. Yeah, a, a healthy
0: blood sugar is somewhere around there. So it was, yeah, absurd. And he was just like, huh? It didn't feel, he didn't feel particularly bad. That's so crazy. Yeah, so they're like, uh, you need to come in. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's what that reminds me of. Anyway, back on topic. Um, so this is kind of another area of debate. It, the estimated incubation period, based on our best knowledge now, is between two days and 14 days, with a median of five days. Um, it is important to note that some people become infected and do not develop any symptoms or feel mm-hmm. unwell. That's I feel like that is one of the really tricky parts about this particular virus, is you can be asymptomatic and feel
1: nothing and still be spreading it. So... This is a sidebar, mini rant. I don't know. Uh, you're working from home mostly. Yes. I believe I am for not. For the most part. I have to go in. I mean, I work in a lab. You can't really work in a lab from home. hmm We just had a, a conference call with the leadership of our whole uh, site, and they were talking about COVID responses because we've had an uptick of cases both at our site and within our company as a whole.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're talking about, you know, all the things they're doing. They're talking about hand sanitizer and masks, which is all good, right? But what kills me, which I just think it's so funny. They act like this temperature screening they're doing is the end-all, be-all. It's like, we're safe, <laughs> we're good. But you can be an asymptomatic transmitter for, like, three or four days before you'd even have a temperature, if you have a temperature at all. And they're right. not- If you even present symptoms, you
0: could still be infectious for a few days before you present symptoms like I don't
1: want to say it's like security theater like the TSA at the airport it's necessary to make you feel better but I kind of feel that way and then up until I think this week they said they're going to do it they weren't testing anyone on site they're like, well we don't have any cases but you're not testing <laughs> like, yeah that's how that works so yeah just a little sidebar that's that's fun the fun realities of the corporate world Hmm. good times right they they're
0: actually they temperature my company is actually taking it pretty seriously and i'm very thankful for that but they do they temperature screen everybody that comes in but again to your point masks are mandatory on campus and they just recommend you don't come in unless you have to um so
1: the other thing with our with ours it's a self-screen you take your temperature at home and put oh in no the they home. literally yeah, you so. have
0: to so you have to go to the security building they will they temperature check you And then they'll turn on your badge so you can't even get into the building unless you go we did
1: that for a while earlier on but you know
0: right anyway um so then let's get into some of the let's get into the data that is has been collected about the severity of the outcomes here so um the data from several countries that we have at this point suggests that about 14 to 19 percent of people who contract the virus are hospitalized And then about three to five percent of those will need ICU admission, um, intensive care unit. For those who are less uh, less versed in the medical terms, Um, and then this is based out on patient outcomes in China. Which, as a sidebar, obviously they had the first outbreak, so they had the most severe spikes in cases early on before. Really, any information was known, so it would stand to reason they have pretty good a uh, medical system, as I understand it in China. They're not like I don't know. They're a wealthy enough country that they right. could. Ex- we would expect them to have decent uh, healthcare. But again, since they were so early on, they may have not had some interventions, may have not known things at this time. Um, but with all that said. Of those critical cases, so of that 3 to 5% that end up in the ICU, about half of them die. That was what the data suggests. So about one5 to 2.5% of people who contract the virus die.
1: Which is horrifying.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big gamble. Especially for how
1: infectious we know that COVID is.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, and that's the thing, too. We kind of talked about this with the Spanish flu last week. That might not sound like a lot of people, but when you consider that only, on average, like less than 1% of the population of the world dies in a given year compared to the total world population. So you're talking about doubling or tripling the amount of people that die in a year.
1: Right. I mean, I saw this is kind of an interesting uh, thought experiment, I guess. I think it was on a Reddit thread. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's say there's a 1 in 500 chance of dying from COVID. I think mm-hmm. that's probably on the very low end of estimates. Yeah. So let's say you have 500 Skittles. 500 Skittles. One of them will kill you. Tom, I don't like Skittles. What what kind of candy do you like? That is fine, fine, we'll do Skittles. Okay, so you have 100 Skittles. Or 500 Skittles, sorry. One of them will kill you straight up. Mm-hmm. A hundred of them will put you... You're going to have a bad time, like a flu. Another hundred of them might leave you with long-term side effects. And two hundred of them are just a skittle. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna grab a skittle out of that bowl?
0: Personally, no. I am not going to grab a skittle. (laughs) This reminds me of another illustration that people do about cigarettes, where they say they take the the death rate of people who are uh, habitual smokers, and they say, okay, this is how many cigarettes are smoked every day. This is the percentage of people who will die from this. This many cigarettes in the world per day. If you smoke it, there's I don't know a bomb in there that will you up and kill you do you still smoke it's just a really interesting way to think about it makes the consequences more direct in a way even though the numbers aren't changed right? right so that amount of people still die from smoking every year or you know smoking related causes um so it's really interesting it's like it's taking it from this theoretical pie in the sky thing that we know is true but doesn't feel real because the consequences come later and it moves it up to almost like a <laughs> immediate Russian roulette kind of scenario. Mm-hmm.
1: I think part of it is just as humans, we're kind of bad at long-term consequences and just uh, understanding risk and like, yeah, uh, like probability and stuff In some level.
0: Yeah. Our eight brains aren't good at, um,
1: but yeah, our eight brains
0: aren't good at, uh, quantifying far out risk. Um, so that's most, there's a million other pieces of information and research that you can read. I beg you, please verify your sources, only go through sources you know are good and that whose, whose primary motivation for the information they are giving is to inform the public about public health. I say that because you news networks may not be the best place to look for this information because some news networks, okay, news networks make their money based on the amount of people that are clicking on their pages, if it's online media, which most is now, or buying their articles, whatever, buying their physical media still. The cynical would say that because of that, this newspaper is incentivized to make really grippy headlines and present things in such a way that is shocking and makes people want to read their content, right? Because of that, you need to be really careful about the sources you're checking on. A lot of the older, I would say the old style media, like newspapers and such, most of those, I would tend to trust still because they've been around for a long time. They have, a, I guess, a higher view of journalism maybe, I guess you could say. I don't know that that's fair to say, but, um, but even still, I think the best, most verifiable uh, forms of information, sources of information you can find are those public health organizations, the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization is so large and has so many members that it is unlikely that they're going to cater to any one nation's political underpinnings, right? So they're so large that they're almost outside of large-scale influence from any of these member nations or any other political party political power in the world that is why i would i'm not saying they're perfect i'm not saying that they couldn't be influenced but i'm saying of all the sources of information in the world they are probably the one that is least likely to be influenced by money by needing your attention by political forces that want to spin a certain narrative That is why I am suggesting the World Health Organization and then even larger, I know there's a lot of speculation and criticism of the CDC right now, just because of how America is today in the year of our Lord 2020. (laughs) Um, I tend to still trust the CDC, particularly if you are going to the CDC's website and looking up the information for yourself. I think some of the statements that come out of particular individuals Maybe less accurate, just because. I mean, it's like this podcast. We're gonna say dumb things that when somebody's gonna come back to us in a year, or even next week, and they're gonna say you said this on the podcast. I'm gonna go. Did I really? That's dumb. Why would I, like right. that is not the way I would have said it if I sat down and thought about it. That's why I think that these probably going and seeking out the information online at these reputable sources is gonna be better than just listening to some person talk about it.
1: Yeah, and that is um. That's why we always say, and we do, we post our sources. Don't just take our word for it. No, that's Look the whole point up. of
0: this podcast, which I think we're going to get into. One of the reasons that people just start to believe these things is because they're in the echo chamber. They're only listening to what other people are saying. They're not necessarily doing their own impartial research. They're doing their own research in the sense that they go to this blog form that already agrees with what they think. And I'll say just
1: kind of echoing what Trent was just saying about like sources that he uses and prefers for my um sections you know I'm usually looking for government things CDC who whatever mm-hmm. I'm looking for published research from different universities so and peer-reviewed peer is reviewed, a big term. very important correct um, so that if people don't know it's a process when you're doing academic writing you write a paper and then you submit it to a journal they send that to three to five experts in your field and they anonymously just rip it apart and attack it to try Mm -hmm. to make it the best version and hopefully the best reflection of reality that Mm -hmm. it can be. So I'll find news articles talking about a university of Maryland study. I go to the study. I do not go to the news article. I am pulling these studies directly and you can see the data. You can contact the authors if you want, if you have questions, grad students love nothing more than emails about their research. And most of the time, especially if these studies are done
0: public institutions like universities or whatever else, government organizations, most of the time you can figure out where they're getting their funding for, for this research. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not as easy, but that's another big thing. You know, unfortunately money often makes the world go round. If somebody is say sponsored in a different avenue, a different area completely of conversation, say in the energy industry, if a study is sponsored by an organization of oil, fossil fuel companies, and their research comes back saying that fossil fuels are good and all that stuff. They actually delete
1: carbon out of the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, just be be smart, you guys. We trust that the average person can figure this stuff out. It's not hard to see why that could be a conflict of interest, right? Right. Okay. Anyway, I think we said a good piece about that. Then, just to... I'm going to bridge the gap a little bit here, Tom. Oh, man. So, I I usually research, just try to research the facts. Let me... I found this page on the World Health Organization that they titled Mythbusters. Ooh. Not TM. Nobody come <laughs> for us. Um, I don't even think that would be... Tra- I don't know. That- I feel like Adam would
1: be okay Maybe with be this. Maybe copyright. I think Adam I think. and Jamie would approve of what we're doing right now.
0: I hope so. Maybe not. Who knows? Um... Maybe one day we'll find out. They're TV personas, at least. Maybe they'll roast me. That would be pretty fun. I don't think Jamie would... Well... That walrus mustache coming after you, man. It's pretty great. Chase you in um, dreams. Okay. So, I'm just going to read down the line of all the headlines. So, these... The way they have this page organize, organized, there are a bunch of bullet points you can click on that will link you to a specific myth that and piece of misinformation that has been floating around the internet. Some of these... I just want to read down because there already, are so many, and some of them are pretty funny.
1: I'm already sad. I just want to... Okay. A We're going to start of off real strong.
0: All right. Let's see how many of them I found. Lightning round. 5G mobile networks. Alcohol. Antibiotics. Bleach. Cold weather. Comma snow. Drugs. Garlic. Hand dryers. Holding Garlic? your breath. Garlic. No interruptions, please. Um, <laughs> hot and humid climates. Hot baths. Hot peppers. Houseflies. flies. Hydroxychloroquine. mass. CO2, intoxication, mass, exercise, medicines, methanol, ethanol, mosquitoes, old people, young people, pneumonia, pneumonia vaccines, wow, it's stroked out there. Um, recovery, saline, shoes, sunny and hot weather, supplements, thermal scanners, ultraviolet lamps, viruses, bacteria, antibiotics. Some of those normal medical terms, some of those, not so much. Some of them a delicious addition to many dishes. Yes, the hot peppers did make me laugh. Um, Yeah, so obviously, as with anything nowadays, there is a massive storm of misinformation out there. Use your good brains that I know you all have. Just think for five seconds about some of this stuff. It's so obvious. We believe in you, fellow sheeple. I do. I don't believe in people as a whole, but I believe that if a given individual wants to find out the truth... They can.
1: Yeah. Okay. So with that all being said, that's all I have for the facts part. All right. Well, that, that's a good way to set up this sad document that I created. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was like really getting depressed, like writing this man. I was starting to question like, do I want to be a part of society or should I just move up to a mountain and start growing? I don't want to live on this planet anymore. A hundred percent, dude. It's just, it's crazy. And i'm just gonna get into it so um (laughs) before i get too sad right so uh, i want to kick off this episode the same way we kicked off the last episode uh talking about this study from the current directions in psychological sciences talking about the motives that people uh that drive people to believing in conspiracies i don't know if i'll do this every time i might i feel like it's a really good framework just to kind of look at these different theories and then we have an idea of why Why are they appealing, you know? Yes. So the three main motives are the epistemic motive, which is people just want a causal relationship, an explanation for things that are outside of their control. Mm -hmm. It's a scary time. Things are always changing. And we just want to feel like it's not random. Right. We're wired to find patterns. That's how we solve problems. There's the existential motive, which is similar but it's the idea that you want control over your life Mm -hmm. so if you can see through what the deep state's doing man you can regain control (laughs) pull yourself up by your bootstraps and don't listen to the man and then um there's the social motives which is people just want to be a part of something they want to be a part Mm -hmm. of a group and this is a group (laughs) it's a group so yeah um to start off after that i just wanted to go over some uh COVID 19 conspiracy theory statistics from the Ooh. University of Pennsylvania. So, this is kind of looking at a shift in belief in different conspiracies from uh, March to July. So, from the beginning of the pandemic to midsummer, how has beliefs changed, right? And over that period of time, the
0: virus has continued to surge.
1: Correct. So, okay. the researchers, uh, looked at three different conspiracies and they talked to 840 different adults in the U S to see how they felt about these ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. So in March, 28% of people reported that they thought the Chinese government created this as a bio weapon in July, that was up to 37%. That's a significant jump in March. Again, 24% of people believe that the CDC um, was exaggerating the danger Posed by the virus in order to damage donald trump's presidency okay we were up to 32 percent in july so both of those what almost 10 point increases yeah eight nine percent each and finally this one's not quite as big but uh 15 of people believed that the pharmaceutical industry created the virus for vaccine sales oh so like an even deeper right and it was up to 17 percent. i mean the scary thing to me is those all increased Yes. We're watching people die and we're having increases. Right. The virus did not curtail. So there
0: was no there was no empirical evidence to suggest the virus was not as bad as people were saying. If anything, there was evidence to say it was worse than it it kept
1: getting worse. Right. And this is um, probably the most depressing part from this uh, little intro section to me. Belief in conspiracy theories is inversely proportional with how serious people take covid. So, okay so, so i'm gonna break it down a little okay more. it'll make sense in march people who did not believe covid was serious said were two point sorry in march people who did not believe these conspiracies were 2.2 percent more or 2.2 times more likely to get a vaccine and that has shifted to 3.5 mm. percent 3.5 times All right devin cut this, part. We're <laughs> cut this part cut this we're starting again so um, the really depressing thing is that belief in conspiracy conspiracy theories is inversely proportional to how serious people take COVID. So if we're looking at people who do not believe in these theories, in March, they were 2.2 times more likely to get an eventual vaccine compared to a theorist. Whoa, wait, 2.25? 2.2 times. And that has increased to 3.5 times. Oh my gosh. So if you look at your average conspiracy theory, they're 3.5 times less likely to get a vaccine. Just remember to our last fact,
0: like 25% of people reported, self-reported that they believed in some of these conspiracy theories.
1: And um, if we're going to look at mask usage, people who believe in conspiracy theories said they wore a mask 62% of the time versus the people who thought COVID was a real threat said they wore it 95% of the time interesting and i think there's probably some self-reporting bias on that on either end you know you're talking to an interviewer even if it's anonymous you you care about what they think about
2: you It's like
1: a thing in all surveys um yeah but that just kind of shows the gap in these two groups and the conspiracy theorists on this they're not they're a minority but it's it's a it's not a small minority it's a healthy
0: it's not a fringe (laughs) right which we off, I think often when we talk about conspiracy theories, we think it's some strange corner of the internet or some very slim margin of the population that believes a given thing.
1: A man with a tinfoil hat. Yeah, yelling yeah, at yeah. The yeah. Crowd.
0: We, we think about Alex Jones yelling at the <laughs> into his microphone about frogs turning gay. With his, his
1: tiny, tiny uh, megaphone. Yes.
0: Um, that's, I mean, it makes sense. If you were to stop and think, and you t- and you told me who would be the least likely to wear a mask, who would be the least likely to get a vaccine, I would say, it's the people, the same people that are believing that it's a hoax, for what one reason or right.
1: another. and I hundred percent agree with you. It. It's just the numbers, the raw percentage yeah. is what's no just goo, harming, right? no goo, very bad. <laughs> so our next fun bit of uh, statistics, I guess, uh, comes from a Cornell University study. big red bears big red go big red that is a bubble big red bear (laughs) so um between january 1st and may 26th they identified 1.1 million articles that contained misinformation about covid and they classified 46 percent of them as articles that were disseminating conspiracy theories so we're talking about half a million conspiracy theory articles about covid in that five month period that's staggering and let me tell you what they were about. These are just the general uh topics. Um, the biggest one at twenty six percent was miracle cures, and all the rest of them are four percent or less, but I'm just gonna read them out, right? So we had the miracle cures, that they involved the new world order or the deep state, the idea that COVID's a democratic party hoax. Okay. Which I always find funny considering, you know, America's like what 20 percent of the world's population but the whole world stopped because of the democratic party wanting to get rid of <laughs> donald trump um okay um they we're talked not. about the Wuhan. 20 percent no we're not even right. i'm gonna do some math here while you continue on your next yeah it's point. probably really right i'm bad at math i'm only a chemist let's calm down people um wuhan lab and bioweapons was the topic bill gates 5g these are all things we'll talk about later anti-semitic conspiracies coming in at 1.6 percent why not they right? always have to show up right um the idea that covid is a population control which fits in with a uh, bill gates we'll get to that later on um dr anthony fauci got a solid one percent of all these conspiracy theory articles oh, that's a nice poll for right? an individual such as himself. um plandemic which is a horrible youtube conspiracy theory documentary that i couldn't bring myself to watch. There might be a future episode on pandemic when I'm in a better mental space.
0: Update. We're like 4% of the world population.
1: Wow. Okay. I'm real bad. So
0: I think the U.S. population is something like 300 and some million. Yeah. And the world population is like 8 billion. People. I think
1: I was thinking we're like 25% of carbon emissions. I think that's what <laughs> I was looking for. You got them wires crossed. Oops. And uh, finally, coming at a respectable 0.6% of these 500,000 articles was Bat Soup.
0: Bat soup. So people assuming that... let me. I'm going to take a stab at what this conspiracy theory is about. Since there has been evidence to suggest that a lot of these diseases hop from humans to bats, people assume that people got it because
1: they were making bat soup. Is bat soup a traditional way to eat bats? You know, um... I'm gonna not answer that, because I don't know, but I'd try bat. I mean rabbit soup's good and what is a bat but a flying rabbit? It's a great point. You heard it here first. We the sheeple endorse rabbit soup and maybe bat soup. I'm I'm down. Okay. I'm down to try. Another official endorsement. DTT. DTT. Alright. Um so next I wanna talk about um where did the coronavirus come from? Okay according to conspiracy oh okay i was like i thought we already did that so this is going to be a shorter section just because it is (laughs) um one of the most popular bits of disinformation about COVID is that it was created in a bioweapons lab in wuhan china okay i think we're all aware of that right Mm -hmm. and there's kind of two main like branches of this theory there's people that say it's it's an unnatural virus. There's no way it could have evolved, right? And then there's this idea that it is a natural virus, but it was released by the Chinese. Okay. What? Wait. Just keep going. I have a I have some questions. It's probably I good. see some plot holes. So I'm gonna talk about why both of those are wrong. Okay. Yes. Up. Please. So this idea that it's unnatural or it was like an engineered bioweapon is, mm-hmm. it's. It's dumb. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> this information is coming from some research out of the University of Minnesota. I would say gold, Golden Gophers, but they're playing the Wolverines tonight, so I'm not going to say that. Ugh, Michigan. What's wrong with you? I'm just from a better place than you are. You're from a place. I am. Part's unknown, actually. <laughs> so one uh, researcher was quoted saying, well, the gist of the quote was, we don't know enough about coronaviruses to even create one in a lab oh you know we sci-fi movies have lied to you <laughs> um it has a receptor binding domain i don't want to get too deep into virology mostly because i don't know enough yeah so you've like already left me behind so it's they bind you know they have things that antigens and other things can bind too i don't know if this is exactly what that is but basically this domain is found on other coronaviruses okay so it shares similarities with Natural naturally occurring. occurring right okay there are however no genetic similarities in the backbone is called of the virus compared to some stuff we use for genetic engineering. So we do have some virus parts that have been genetically engineered and it is not similar to these man-made virus okay. backbones at all. Interesting. It's not even optimal for <laughs> infecting humans the way the receptors are set up on the virus. So if someone created this they they did a piss poor job.
0: That's a great I never I didn't even consider that. If you were making a bioweapon a one to two percent fatality rate
1: is piss poor right and uh the final point was this was from another researcher why would they go to the lengths of creating a (laughs) coronavirus when you could just release like sars that's true they already already had
0: that one much more effective and devastating diseases so and why
1: would they release it on their own people why not send the German submarines over so people oh, yeah. can really sim
0: in bowling alleys?
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. A man in a trench coat, smashing right. a violin in a theater. Hey, kids, you want some virus? Yeah. Uh, so do you have any questions on that one, or did I clear that half up? Or I have comments? many questions, but I think you have explained as much as can be explained. Right, I mean, I'm open, man. So as for um, it being an accidental release, and it was covered up by the Chinese government? Okay, that sounds more feasible right you yeah, could see yeah. a world visible yeah. you could see a world in which that could be true so uh apologies because i'm going to say this name wrong uh xi zhang li she's um a phd and the director of the center for emerging infectious diseases at the wuhan institute of virology which is the biosafety level four lab uh side note biosafety level four there's four levels like it sounds like and this is where the most dangerous viruses okay. are dealt with there's one in atlanta wuhan i don't know where they all are but we're talking like live ebola anthrax right
0: like, ones like, that we have tried to eradicate but kept live samples of yeah this, this is where stem. you're wearing
1: like this space suit to go in and all that clean room. So, yeah, and it's like you know you don't just make one there's a lot of stuff that goes under you're getting certified by international organizations and all that kind of stuff so um this uh professor who works there has extensively published the genetic sequences of coronaviruses found in uh, wet markets in China. Oh, like, this okay. is her area of expertise. <laughs> Never Coming has she, she felt more lab, validated for her years of study. Um, I think she's, you know, sequenced, like, over 20 coronaviruses found from bats in Chinese wet markets. What an oddly specific niche. And this virus circulating now matches nothing from any of these studies released from the lab huh like she it's right public if domain anyone, extensively published if from anyone the lab, would have the information she would be the one to have released it and this goes back to um what we were talking about earlier the more likely i would say most likely is that's that idea of human encroachment on wild spaces that's what's causing this you mm-hmm. know and it's gonna keep happening like i don't know how else to say it you know
0: right we should expect it
1: right So that's kind of the most popular creation theories I saw. Any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? No, because like I said, that one at least has a
0: hint of logic to it. Governments obviously do things, especially authoritarian governments, do things that they want to do, right? Without the knowledge of people, sometimes these things are not good. Um, That at least makes sense, right? Oops, we accidentally released this experimental whatever we were doing from a lab and tried to cover it up i at least see the logic in that one as opposed to the prior ones
1: right but if you peel back one layer of the onion
0: yes once you start actually digging into the science and facts then okay
1: extremely unlikely some might say impossible so um the next um major conspiracy theory I wanted to cover involving the coronavirus is uh, 5G. Ooh! Now, I think we're pretty set on doing a 5G episode later, so this is just an overview of... uh, It's a little bit about 5G in general, more about the... uh, How it relates specifically to coronavirus. Correct.
0: Or allegedly relates to
1: coronavirus. So um, there are two kind of central theories that I could find about 5G and COVID-19, and they are uh, first... The coronavirus is fake. And what people are actually dying from is 5G radiation. Ugh, spicy. And the second one is this 5D 5G radiation is weakening our immune systems, and that's making us more susceptible to diseases. Alright. Right. Heavy um, claims, heavy claims. And concerns about wireless technology, be it 4G, 3G. Wi-Fi or even electricity and telegrams like we talked about in the Spanish flu episode Mm -hmm. are a pretty constant threat. People are always concerned about this radiation. And we'll get into that in a second. I did want to say as a little uh, fun note, there are a decent amount of people who believe that all of this uh, wireless activity is leading to electromagnetic hypersensitivity. I don't know if you know anything about that or if you've seen uh, Better Call Saul. Is this
0: suggesting that the more we get exposed to it, the more we're gonna have ESP? And I can move things with my mind.
1: I wish. It's just people think like it causes all that's, sorts of stuff. Uh, if you've seen Better Call Saul, it's like Saul's brother, um, oh, wrapped no, I up in it. like the uh, a blanket, blanket and stuff, and he won't have any electricity in his house. So that's disappointing. I really wanted. I thought this might be the path to me. No, I don't think so. The telekinetic powers. So, um, uh-huh. we'll talk about that more in a future episode. Telekinetic powers? How I might get them? Yeah, 100%. Sweet. I have some ideas for you. Um, yes. So, I think where these concerns about 5G and all those other Gs in general just comes from the word radiation. Okay. So, when you say radiation to a person in the they're going to think about Chernobyl.
0: Yes, a layperson probably understands nuclear radiation as radiation all radiation is scary
1: radiation, yes. right hydrogen bombs three mile island what mm-hmm. have you marie curie
0: dying and such but i think i'm very out of touch with the
1: layperson <laughs> if i think that they're thinking about marie curie dying in our laboratory right kim jong-un whatever um but um electromagnetic radiation is a huge spectrum and it contains everything from you know radio waves Light waves, yes, microwaves, which we'll we'll get into
0: this in detail um, when we do the 5G episode. Because, I mean, I learned about if you take a physics course in college, partic- maybe even not just college, probably in high school, you you dip into it, you you maybe dip your little your little tootsie in there for a hot second. If you remember anything about the electromagnetic spectrum, is what it's called. All these forms of radiation are on that spectrum only there's a breaking point between which we consider radiation harmful
1: right and that would be ionizing radiation which is where you have your alpha beta gamma stuff going on but most of this is non-ionizing radiation which Mm -hmm. we will talk about more in the future yeah we'll get there we'll get um i think really what i got from a lot of this is the biggest issue with 5g and other related things is um this idea of correlation and causation, right? hmm So it's new, scary technology. And um, I'm just going to read a quote here from Jeffrey Cabot. The fact that the fields produced by electric current were both invisible and ubiquitous, that exposure was largely beyond one's control, and that the alleged health consequences were depicted as catastrophic, helps to account for the intense fear that came to be associated with the question in the public mind. But he went on to compare looking for evidence between a relationship of, like, electromagnetic radiation and cancers, in his book is what it was about, to looking for shapes in a cloud. Okay. So it's like a Rorschach test. Yeah. There's radiation everywhere. And it's kind of going back to people wanting to feel like they have some control or there's some cause of things. Mm -hmm. Um, One interesting thing with COVID and there's a link i saw the map i don't know if you saw it on twitter probably or facebook or reddit or whatever your disinformation source of choice is (laughs) um but it was a map of like 5g like places where 5g had been installed in coronavirus hotspots. there was a really strong correlation Mm -hmm. and that's scary if you just look at it and you don't know a lot of statistics or anything but if you think about it where is 5g going first most of the time, new
0: technology is installed in large markets, meaning right. large, populate, heavily populated areas.
1: And what is the best place for a highly <laughs> transmissible virus to spread? Uh, small towns? Right now, yeah, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So it's that idea that, yes, places that are getting 5G first do have higher spikes, but there's a lot of people there. You could show a map of 5G and... Potato consumption. Yep. 5G is causing us to eat more potatoes. Ireland is dead. You could look at a graph with um, the rise of Wi-Fi and the decrease of pirates. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Statistics are a scary tool, man.
0: Yeah, so when we... And maybe for people who don't have as much experience in this area, when we say correlation means that something happens in tandem with something else, right? So as, like Tom was talking about, you might be able to tie the decrease in piracy worldwide to yard, the yard, not yeah, like down car. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, to the increase of the advent of electricity, are those things directly directly affecting one another? Probably not. Was electricity the reason people weren't pirating of the Caribbean anymore? <laughs> probably
1: not. That's probably a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. Good job so yeah that's kind of the mini section if you will on 5G this is a little all over the places because there are so many avenues and I wanted to hit a couple things but
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'll talk about masks next oh god lord help us so this was one of the wilder theories I came across um, apparently some people believe this is painful I don't want to read this you wrote it. I know. So I'm um, committed now, boy. Let's let's go in a different direction. Actually, Trent, you have glasses on. I do. I am a glasses wearer. I often have them on. I have contacts in today. Um, I don't like to touch my eyeball. That's fair. Have you wore the uh, surgical masks? Yes. So the blue ones. Yeah, the blue ones? Yeah. So, you know when you're wearing a mask, your glasses will fog up, right? Mm-hmm. But they have that nice little metal that you can pinch Yeah, when they nose. got the little yeah, the little piece of wire in there. Right. So, some people believe that's an antenna to conduct 5G. It's straight into my nasal passage? Or your brain or something. Would I get better cell phone reception? Because that is a trade-off I may be willing to make. I don't know. I don't <laughs> have any way to refute this besides, I don't know, open up a mask and look at it. And understand how antennas work. I think you to need think. electricity
0: involved. I mean, we could literally do that now, but I'm. It's a piece of it's a piece of wire, not even like electrical wire, just steel wire.
1: Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just wanted to tell you. Oh, I that felt like you had to that. know.
0: It's. I guess it's vaguely old antenna shaped, like it has the V shape, right? That you used to see
1: on people's ears or on top of the TV. Um. Another common thing you'll hear about masks is it's causing people to breathe in their own CO2. I actually encountered an older gentleman yelling at a person at Menards about this. Hmm. All I can say is there's multiple videos of people disproving that. And I believe there was even one article I read where um, a doctor ran a half marathon wearing a mask. <laughs> so it's just... I feel like I should have more, but that's just dumb. Like, what can I say? Like, well, that's a dumb idea. To speak to this, I think... Some of the fake, I shouldn't
0: say fake claims, false claims that I've seen about this is people monitored the amount of CO2 that, the concentration of CO2 in your exhaled breath, Mm -hmm. which does, it did rise, at least in their sample testing with masks. But your body is good at regulating how much oxygen you need. So for example, when you go to Denver, it might feel like you're breathing harder, but you're not gonna pass out, right? I mean, I guess you could pass out if you were running or something, but it's akin to that, right? It's the amount, your body is good at regulating how much oxygen you need. That's why you start breathing harder when less is available. So sometimes it might even feel like you have to breathe harder in a mask, which that might be true, but it's not suffocating you. Your body knows how much oxygen you need you're not in danger by wearing a mask.
1: And I'll just say, um, I mean, we've all been to the dentist, hopefully. They wear masks on the daily. Surgeons. Yes. For years.
0: Out, I mean, think about a
1: surgeon. Some of these procedures take... 12, 16 yeah. hours. And they wear one the entire time. I was moving resin containers that are about five feet tall, saturated with water, wearing a mask. I was a little more sweaty than normal, but...
0: Yeah, and I've when I've gone to work, I mean, I wore one... Pretty consistently throughout the eight-hour shift, maybe with a few breaks in there.
1: But yeah, so this is just—I don't know if this will change anyone's mind. This is kind of a funny, some funny anecdotes about masks. And I have one more thing I want to play for you, Devin. This is where I need you to insert the clip, okay? Um, actually, Devin's yet. nodding. So this last bit comes from um a woman from my spiritual homeland, Florida. so I just want to play this I'm going to play this clip and this is at a real city council meeting a conspiracy theorist talking about masks I may have seen this so uh, Devin I want you to insert the clip here
2: You literally cannot mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And my, the people, we the people are waking up and we know what citizen's arrest is. Because citizen's arrests are already happening. Okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. And you, Doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. Every single one of you have a smirk behind that little mask, but every single one of you are going to get punished by God. You cannot, you cannot escape God. You cannot escape God. I'm going to say that again. You cannot escape God, not even with the mask or six feet. Okay, six feet like I said before is military protocol. You're trying to get the people to train them. So when the the cameras, the 5G comes out, what they're going to, they're going to scan everybody. We got to get scanned. We got to get temperatured. The kids have to go to school with masks. Are you insane? are you crazy i think all of you should be in a psych ward right the heck now because none of you none of you know what the hell you are all talking about this is insane and then you want to open this meeting with a prayer to god are you praying to the devil because god is not listening to that prayer because all of you are practicing the devil's laws what happened to bill gates why is he not in jail? Why is Hillary Clinton not in jail? Why are all of, all of these pedophiles that are demanding you all to, to listen to their rules? Why are they not in jail? Oh, is it because you're part of them? Are Thank you man. part of the deep your state? Time has expired. The deep state is going and down. And if any of you are morning? in the deep state, you're going down with it. F-
1: so that is uh, what we're up against, folks.
0: Oh, boy. She really ran the gamut there, huh? Of beliefs. Wow. And that, I wish this was a visual medium so you could all see the <laughs> facial gymnastics that were going on on my face while listening to that particular clip.
1: So the reason I wanted to play that is in a minute and 47 seconds, she kind of showed how hard it was for me to research for this episode. That was like birdshot of just <sighs> crazy, right? Right. Like I think any individual topic we could go into for probably an hour, at least, maybe two. So this is, I'm trying to do a brief overview, and this is a really good intro into the last section that I have for today.
0: Is it, would it be accurate to say that a lot of the COVID conspiracies have dovetailed onto, have been tacked onto existing, existing conspiracies that are kind of all-encompassing?
1: I would say 100%. It's got linked up and mutated with, like, the whole idea of, like, the New World Order or the global elite or the the globalists you know that's a big thing and then apparently Hillary Clinton and Pizzagate and pedophiles have got thrown in so it's just it's hard to figure out where to even go at it from at this point you know I found it interesting that I
0: one of the weirdest things of that whole thing was that the town council meeting started with a prayer and that's coming from I am a Christian so I would not be offended by that happening I just thought it
1: was odd that a town council did that and, um, and then that she complained about it. I will say um, a lot of that religious um, undertones. I don't know if you can call it an undertone. Overtones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <Overt-tones>, overt tones. <laughs> overt tones. I don't know what the term is. Um, if you follow the granddaddy of a lot of this, Alex Jones, his show has a very religious bent. And he's even talking is it about. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. I scary. didn't know that. He's talking about like. You know, it's not for us to decide who lives or dies or to punish the globalists, but know that we're God's hands in all of this. Like, talking about how, like, the literal devil is making the pedophile elite, like, it is, a lot of that is coming from Alex Jones, and I would assume this lady... That's a spicy meatball right there, right? I mean, I would say maybe we'll look into Alex Jones someday. Um, Knowledge Fight is a great podcast if you want to look more into it. They do a way better job than I would ever do. But... I
0: feel like if we do an episode on Alex Jones, it should be like a biography. Like we should just look at his life and the crazy things that have happened to him.
1: That would make a retrospective. If you yeah, would. that I would be kind of that. fun. So yeah, um, any any thoughts on that, or are you just kind of still observing? Dude, it now?
0: I'm trying to remember all the things she said that were like i don't i don't know she didn't say anything of substance necessarily so it's hard to pick one piece and be like
1: that's why it's hard how do you refute that yeah how
0: do you refute somebody who's not basing their belief on evidence they're just basing their belief on i don't know whatever they want whatever they might call evidence but not there's no way and this is kind of my thing with people in general even people when they're not (laughs) talking about some crazy conspiracy like this, and we laugh at those people and point fingers and say, ha ha ha, this is so dumb. With anybody who disagrees with you about something, you have to, I think, a wise person has an understanding that they don't know everything, and that this other person has a reason for the things that they believe. You don't have to agree, but there should be an understanding that this other person isn't an idiot or evil or... A satanist or something like that they just think something different than you right and to ever argue with somebody who refuses to take that stance a mature opinion and say hey i'll listen to what you have to say i may not agree with it still but i'll at least listen to you there's just no real point in having a
1: dialogue with those people most of the time yeah which is unfortunate that's something I struggle with, because at some point I almost, like, I know mocking people won't get them to change their <laughs> side, but I don't think facts will either, so I might as well have some fun with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> a, uh,
0: I'm more of a satire person. Like, if I, can, if I can, without them realizing, deride them and make fun of their views and then they agree with it. I think I just like
2: pat
1: them on the head and treat them like the child they are but you know I I usually just don't engage yeah different tactics so Trent I have one more depressing thing to talk to you about lay it on me I want to start off with a quote (laughs) I want you to guess who said this oh boy right if anything kills over 10 million people over the next few decades it is likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war
0: I'm guessing who said that? Yeah. Can I get a hint? Can I get like a sphere of influence in the world? Technology. Technology.
1: I have a feeling it's Bill Gates. It was in fact Bill Gates. Woohoo! I did it. It took a little uh, took a little <laughs> doing. so uh, this quote came from a lecture given by bill gates in 2015 and it went largely under the radar at the time you know he's involved with the bill and melinda gates i was about to say
0: it hasn't been a secret for like the last 20 years they've been you know a lot of research in malaria and other diseases trying to
1: eradicate them so um recently though this talk has been viewed 64 million times and it's not to look at his uh, prescient views on virology, <laughs> right? And how much good he's doing in the world for disease. So a lot of times uh, conspiracy theorists think that the deep state or whoever or whatever that means, they're leaving breadcrumbs out there to mock us, to make them, just show how smart they are and what they're doing. And they have taken this as evidence that Bill Gates and the globalists are planning this whole... Uh, oh, the globalists are big trolls. The whole pandemic. Big but only they, the the wise theorists, can. Connect oh, the only dots. if you have eyes to see, can you connect these. Might you connect these dots with red string on a corkboard? Perhaps, right. So, um, the big overarching, it's hard to even say theory about Bill Gates. <laughs> I don't understand it. That's yeah, I'm theory imply theory is a term
0: we have taken from science and tried to apply it somewhere very different. So,
1: for some reason, apparently, Bill Gates. Caused COVID. Okay. So he could invent a vaccine. Okay. To microchip people. Okay. And track them. Okay. So I'm gonna start off just by pointing out flaws. The NSA exists. They can already track you pretty good. I was
0: about to say he's. It feels like the other accomplishments in his in his life, via Windows, <laughs> could
1: be a much more effective means of tracking people. I'll also, go with Trent. You got a cell phone? Yes, I have a cell phone listener at home do you have a cell phone yes Devin, do you have a cell phone he's i don't know what that gesture is but i know he has a cell phone i can text him he's gesticulating wildly <laughs> so we all carry something that is more than capable of tracking us but for some reason we have to create a global pandemic to insert microchips into us why well, let's not get into lies too much No, no, no. This is what
0: we're here for. We're going to dig into this Oh, it's going deeper, man. So, a few things. Microchips are small. Microchips are not needle small. I'm fairly confident of this.
1: Nanotechnology, bro.
0: I guess, if you want to think that. Again, what's his motivation for wanting to track you? I think he'd rather sell you a computer, so he actually makes money from you. I don't know whatever
1: so late on me yeah I'm gonna go some statistics here Mm -hmm. more than a quarter of all Americans Okay, okay. 25% and 44% of Republicans 44% believe that Bill Gates wants to use COVID-19 to implant a microchip under people's skins that's coming from a survey from Yahoo News and YouGov
0: You are yanking my chain. My wallet chain that I still wear.
1: What? 25,
0: one quarter of the American population. And
1: 44% of Republicans. Yep. That is staggering. And Yahoo and YouGov, that's like, they're respected pollsters, I would say.
0: Yeah, they're not some farm basement. Trans
1: poll (laughs) emporium. um <laughs> oh that's tm 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 i'm gonna start that now <laughs> between just february and april theories about bill gates and the big rona were mentioned 1.2 million times on tv and social media
0: this sucks man this is a man who could have sat in his ivory tower with however many billions of dollars he's made and done nothing to help the world he could have given the world a big middle finger he could have launched to the moon and built a little house on the moon probably And this man instead chose to try and help underprivileged people in third world countries not die from preventable diseases. And this is how he gets treated. This is where I got really
1: sad. Honestly, this section. Um, So, one of the articles I was reading by um, Alex Berezao, he put an email in the article they received from someone about previous conspiracy theory articles about Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. I just want to read you the email. This is... Quote, Mr Microchip himself has transformed himself into the human god of vaccinations. We're now at least hearing of nanoparticles in vaccines. I suspect there's cellular compatible nanochips in the works also. I am no conspiracy theorist and <laughs> I think sir <laughs> we may want to check our definitions. <laughs> Uh, i just had to tell you that like i don't know where if it's in i just wanted you to know that bill gates is the human god of vaccination
0: what a lame what like a lame sphere of influence to be a god over i feel right well, so i'd choose the sun maybe not the ocean i'm kind of i'm kind of afraid of the ocean no thank you
1: i kind of found um three main threads of bill Gates related conspiracies one is that he is the leader of a globalist cabal. Cool. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the New World Order more in the future. Is I it just, like poker night, but with a bit more? Maybe <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think so. But um, basically, this has been a common thread throughout civilization. You know, if it wasn't Bill Gates, it's George Soros or the Koch brothers or the Rothschilds. Yeah, like,
0: George Soros is another one of those that is kind of unfortunate because one. He's made a bunch of money. Is he a Holocaust survivor? I believe so, yeah. The man has suffered more than any other person in the world. He, again, another one of these super, super rich people that could have just said, screw you guys, I've made all my money. I'm going to die before the world burns to the ground. Do what you want. But instead has chosen to devote money to causes he is passionate about and philanthropic efforts. And then this is how he's repaid.
1: So, yeah. That's more of a general overview of, like, what he's doing, I guess. It's so hard to talk about when it's so scattered out there, you yeah. know? And it's so recent, evolving, and you know, happening, you know? There's not a lot of research out there yet. Um, another common idea about Bill Gates and specifically the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is um, it's actually a secret effort to depopulate the world. Okay. I don't know why you want to depopulate the world, but... um,
0: That's also interesting. If you look at, like, population projections, it's going to... It's projected to actually like stabilize around like $10 I think it was, in the near future.
1: So people have said that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are testing vaccines in Africa on children and it's caused untold death and injuries to people. They've also claimed that the vaccines contain abortion drugs. And Wait, they what? are working with the Communist Party of China to depopulate the world. <laughs>
0: the Communist Party of China. I say that in quotation marks because they're communists when it's convenient.
1: Yeah, so there probably will be a whole Bill Gates episode later on. but That'll be a real bummer, but I'll do it. <laughs> Why not? But um, So that's just some of the other ideas. But I think the main thing with Corona specifically that we're kind of circling in on is this idea of uh, microchips. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So, have you ever heard of um, ID2020? I hadn't before doing this research last night. So, they're a non-profit group that um, advocates for digital IDs for, like, undocumented people and refugees that have been, like, displaced by war. Okay. So,
0: is there any more color to that you can provide me? What do you mean when you say digital? So, instead of, like,
1: a traditional passport where, you know, it's hard to keep track of right like a, if you're running away from an oppressive regime you may not remember to grab your legal right. papers on so the, it's way like a, the way you're running away a digital database kind of gotcha idea. okay um i think it's a pretty non-controversial idea hey let's let refugees have id so they can rebuild their life not in like war-torn syria and
0: if you're a super cynist about it you can say so we can better track them so when their country is no if you're a xenophobe and you don't want them here you could say, okay, well, let's better track them so we can more effectively send them back when the country, when their homeland is deemed safe.
1: Yeah. So there are members of Microsoft that work with this organization. Cool. You know, because people are often on boards of different charities and NGOs and stuff. Yeah, it's when not you not get high common. up in a massive corporation like that. So this, I can't even think of a less country I mean, I can't think of less controversial things, but this very it's a fine group i don't think they're really do anything too crazy has now been accused of being a part of gates's uh plot to insert microchips or quantum dot tattoos into people via the covid vaccine so it was all a front to get it acceptable
0: anyway quantum dot tattoos
1: via a vaccine yeah so they give you a tattoo at the same time i i guess now um there have been uh Articles and such coming from uh, ID twenty twenty talking about why they specifically don't want to use things like subdermal microchips or quantum tattoos because those could be forcefully read. Oh. Huh. You know, if you get arrested by like the regime you're fighting against, they could figure out who you are. Oh, so, so they if they get a back channel into the them, database, right? Oh. Um. Ooh, that's bad. So, from what I could tell. Uh, kind of what led to ID 2020 being dragged into this whole mess was this idea or this event called Event 201. Okay. Which is a little, let's be real, they should have better names because that is a little kind of creepy sounding, right? It's very, yeah. So in uh, October of 2019, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation partnered with Johns Hopkins um, to do a simulated pandemic tabletop exercise. Kind of like war games, you know, but for a pandemic like the board game pandemic right? perhaps for uh, government business and like civil leaders so they brought okay, all these so people like, together to be like hey it's like the flu episode of parks and rec if you will
0: yeah like. it's like government or it's like war games in the military yeah
1: yeah yeah so the exercise was based on a scenario in which a fictional novel coronavirus broke out among uh, pig populations in south america and made the leap to humans and turned into a global pandemic Tail as old as time. So very unfortunate choice of virus, but you know, this is more of like, oh, the globalists are dropping their breadcrumbs. Well, kind of as we looked at, all the pandemics in the last hundred years for more
0: or less have been, have been this, uh,
1: coronavirus, yeah, kind of idea. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of... I mean and I feel like that's a totally acceptable thing to do like hey what if we plan out what would happen since this is a thing that is happening more and more often right um Alex Jones may have popularized this theory claiming that uh they were testing microchips on homeless people in Austin and actually one of the episodes I heard about it via that other podcast he was saying he was gonna bring a homeless person in studio and cut the microchip out of him to prove it it never happened oh god
0: (laughs) haven't homeless people suffered enough they already don't get support and then the man if i'm i'm gonna be honest if he paid this homeless guy a bunch of money just to like give him a little cut still not good but at least the homeless guy would have been made
1: gotten some support yeah i'm just sad dude that's Um. that's a bummer this theory about ID twenty twenty, event two oh one, Bill Gates has also been picked up by the alt right, uh, QAnon, who we'll definitely dive into in a future time. And How will we find them anymore? They're kicked off Facebook. I, I believe in us. And evangelical groups that think this is the mark of the beast. Cool. Cool. That's we we could get in we'll do we'll probably do an
0: episode about that too. Revelation like end time yeah. evangel I shouldn't say evangelical because it's Loosely based on the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) The Left Behind
1: series. Um,
0: Yeah. I don't even know that that's that conspiracy. Like, that's just trying to imagine what it would be. I think that's a big part of it.
1: But yeah, so um, I wish I could tell you what Bill Gates was going to do with this microchip, but I think that's where it came from. And um, I think I need a
0: beer. Well, here's my thing. Most people are vaccinated at birth, at least nowadays. Well, I shouldn't say most anymore, because unfortunately, in the year 2020, there's a growing margin of the population that is choosing not to vaccinate their children.
1: Here we go, smallpox. Here, Here we, we go. go. Um, I totally lost my...
0: It's too depressing. It's not worth it anymore. But, oh, I remember. My whole point was people get vaccines other vaccines at a much higher rate than will probably be seen in this new one if for we this even specific it, virus it's not a guaranteed
1: thing that's going to happen
0: so here's my thing why wouldn't you already have been microchipped with your hpv vaccine as a teenager your flu shot the flu shot well not everybody gets flu shots
1: yeah but that's you like 50 percent of people,
0: of people. that's crazy there
1: should be more
0: yeah i was kind of horrified to learn that i need to go get my flu shot maybe i'll huh. go
1: to today or tomorrow
0: Get your flu shots, folks. Yeah. That's that's one thing you do have control over in this uh, <laughs> period of life. You don't want to be battling a global pandemic and an already known illness quantity. That's so. true. Get her done. Man, I guess that about wraps us up for this week, huh?
1: Yeah, sorry. Like I said, it was a little more scattershot, but it's like trying to... If the conspiracy theory was like a bowl. I don't know if I was the guy trying to ride on it or the clown hiding in a barrel, but I did what I could, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're the guys that go over the falls (laughs) Niagara falls. Well, thank you all very much for listening to this second episode of the newly named we, the sheeple podcast. Um, as always, all of our sources, we will link, um, in the podcast description, wherever you choose to listen to them. Um, and until next week, Wake up, sheeple. Wake up.